Thanks for joining us for the last message in our series of studies, I Will Be. This week, Trey teaches on how to be a good steward, both positionally and personally, focusing on a key truth that God will place you in a position where you can fulfill your purpose for His glory. We pray that God ministers to you through this message. Go ahead and be turning to the passage that I believe God has for us tonight, and that's to be found in 2 Timothy chapter 4. This week will be our last installment in a series of studies that we've been in called I Will Be Blank, which is focused on the kind of people that I believe God really wants us to focus on being for Him. So we've talked about what that looks like. And a couple of weeks ago, it was all about being a good servant. And then last week, it was all about being a good soldier. And now this week, we find ourselves at 2 Timothy chapter 4 which says this, beginning in verse 1. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having Itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And so, through this passage, God spoke into my life, God spoke into my life, what He wanted to flow through my life. Listen to me, listen to me, because here's the deal, the work that God is going to do through you must first be done in you. The work that God is going to do through you must first be done in you. And He spoke into my life through His Word, Trey, I want you to be a good steward. I want you to be a good steward. And I thought, you know, that, that's easy. I've already got that one uh, handled pretty good already because my mind, when it hears the word steward, steward, that is, not steward, steward, automatically begins to think money, which I can say with all confidence that me and my wife faithfully give back to the Lord what He requires of us through our ties. So I think, oh, steward, a good steward. Okay, I got this one down pat pretty good already, God. I mean, I, you had some work to do with me the past two weeks when we talked about being a good servant and when we talked about being a good soldier, but being a good steward, I mean, I got a pretty good handle on that already, I feel like. But here's what the definition of a steward is. A steward is someone who manages or looks after something that is not their own, but has been entrusted to their care. That's the definition of a steward. So God has really been peeling back the layers in my life of how much deeper stewardship goes beyond just my finances. And that is an extremely important part of being a good steward. But the things that He has shown me recently is that, oh my son, it goes so much deeper into your life than just that. And I'm a simple-minded person. And so he began to break it down for me in a simplified way, basically showing me, okay, Trey, 
Let me make this easy for you. Because there are really just two areas to this that I need you to work on. And the first is you need to be a good steward positionally. And what I mean by that is this. Understanding the position that God has placed you in. Understanding the position that God has placed you in. So go back and look at verse 1 in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Where Paul is speaking to Timothy still and he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by His appearing and His kingdom preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off in to miss. The first part of Paul's challenge or Paul's charge to Timothy was for him to preach the word. Timothy, I charge you. Timothy, I challenge you. Preach the word. No doubt that God had gifted Timothy, right? No doubt that God had gifted Timothy. No doubt that God had called Timothy to be a pastor. So Paul's advice was for Timothy to do what pastors do and that's stick to the scriptures and preach the word. But when Paul says preach the word, he also is saying this, Timothy, proclaim the gospel. You can translate it in one of two ways. Paul says preach the word, but he also says to Timothy, the young pastor, proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. And so the whole time I'm reading through these verses, and it just, it feels like it has this feel, it has this edge to it. Like Paul is wanting to make sure Timothy sees something. It's like he's trying to drive a point home with him because if you look back at the big picture of things that we have seen Paul showing Timothy over the past several weeks, you see a, a few things in the first of which is that Timothy has been encouraged to use his giftedness. Paul encouraged Timothy right off the bat when we started a few weeks ago, Timothy, use your giftedness. He's been encouraging him to use his giftedness. But then we saw that Timmy, Timothy has been enlisted into God's service into God's army. So Timothy, I encourage you to use your giftedness. And Timothy, keep in mind that you've been enlisted into God's service. And then tonight, he says, Timothy, I want you to remember that you've been entrusted with a message. And so I see all these pieces and I'm like, I just can't help but think that this all has to fit together some way, somehow. All these things that God has has ran together through Paul to speak into Timothy's life. It's all got to fit together somehow, some way. This has got to form a bigger picture. I grew up around sports. and They've been a part of the entirety of my life until I got to that place where people told me that I couldn't play anymore. And it, it happens to all of us one day. So... I, I know some of y'all love sports and you're playing right now at UNA, Roar Lions. But like, can I just give you a little bit of encouragement? One day it's going to end. One day somebody's going to tell you you can't play anymore. And that's okay, you know, because they have slow-pitch softball leagues for people just like that. And they have city league basketball for people just like that. Uh, so you can keep playing. It just doesn't mean as much anymore, even though you will try to make it mean just as much. But I grew up playing sports, and I grew up playing baseball in particular. And I, I remember playing Little League over here at 
Underwood Youth Complex. And I remember when they would put the teams together at the beginning of the year, they would kind of have like a little draft, and the coaches in the league would get together, and they would pick which players that they wanted to be on their team. And after the players got picked and the teams got set, everybody would go up to the field, and you'd have your first practice, you know, and the coaches would put you out there. And they would always give you the option to go try out for whichever position that you wanted to play. And so you'd have like 15 people on the team, and you got like 13 people that run to the pitcher's mound. Uh, and then the rest didn't run to the pitcher's mound, ran to like shortstop. And so they would give you the options of, of where you want to play. Go try out. Go to the position that you want to try out for. Go to the position that you want to play. But here's the thing that I remember. I remember that my best coaches when I was growing up weren't the coaches that would just let you play wherever you wanted to play. The best coaches that I had growing up were the ones that would evaluate your strengths and your potential as a player and put you in a position that best maximized those strengths and that potential. Those were the best coaches that I had. And so now things begin to make sense for me a little bit when I look at Paul speaking to a young pastor in Timothy because Paul has been saying to Timothy uh, this whole time that he wants him to see some things. Timothy, I want you to see some things. I want you to see the position that God has placed you in. I want you to see the giftedness that God has given you. I want you to see that God has put you on His team. And I want you to see that God has placed you in a position where you can fulfill your purpose for His glory. The coaches that had the team's best interest in mind, the coaches that had your best interest in mind as a player were the ones who were willing to put you in a position where they could get the most out of you as a player. And that may not have exactly been the position that you wanted to be in, but it was the one that you would have been the best at, and they knew that, and so they put you there. Paul says, Timothy, man, I need you to see your gift, and this God has given you a gift. He has given you a calling, and he has done so by placing you on his team to put that into place, and he has put you in a perfect position where you can fulfill your purpose. And his advice, I think, is simple. Timothy, play your position. Play your position. God has orchestrated everything perfectly to put you here. Paul is close to the end of his life. And Timothy was going to be the guy that he passed the torch off to. He says, Timothy, man, can't you see it? If you were to go back and look at some of the details in Scripture, you would see that Timothy came from a family of faith. His grandmother is mentioned in Scripture about being a godly woman. So ever since Timothy stepped foot on this earth, God was working a purpose and a plan for his life. And every single event leading up to this moment where he's fixing to take the torch from Paul and continue his ministry, God has been forming, God has been shaping, and now God has positioned him in a perfect place to maximize his giftedness and his calling so that he can fulfill his purpose. Do you not think it would be in, a little bit intimidating to follow in Paul's footsteps? If I was Timothy, I would be scared to death. 
But Paul says, Timothy, can't you see, man? God has orchestrated your entire life for this very moment. And the position that he has placed you in is perfect for you to fulfill the purpose that I have placed on your life. Guys, the message is the same for you. It's the same for you. God has gifted you and through Jesus Christ has put you on his team in a perfect position to maximize your giftedness and your strengths so that you can fulfill your purpose for his glory. Don't you, you see that, right? Like, we're talking about how God did such a marvelous work to bring us back into relationship with him. And he did all that to get you to a place now where he has put you in a perfect position. Wherever you're at right now, that's where he has positioned you. And he has put you in a perfect position to live out your calling so that you can fulfill your purpose. Why? Not for you. For his glory. To make his name known. To see the salvation of lost souls around you. Everything in your life God has orchestrated for this moment, for this position that you are in right now. But you know what messes it all up? Is when we want to get out of position. It's when we want to get out of position. I remember there were times, going back to my youth baseball days, when I would be put in a position that I didn't want to play. And I know some of y'all can relate to that. I just... Trey, go play right field. <laughs> right field. Are you kidding me? I would get put in a position that I didn't want to be in. And there were times when I had coaches that weren't that great, and they would put me in a position that I wasn't very good at. I wasn't very good at catching. But there were times when coaches would ask me to catch. And you know what? It was a train wreck. I can't tell you how many balls got to the backstop. And my coach is over there screaming at me, what are you doing? You're terrible. Can't, I mean, all you got to do is catch the ball. Like, you got all the equipment on. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just catch the ball. I'm like, I'm not a catcher, man. I don't want to be back here. It was a train wreck because I was out of position. But then there were other times that I would be in the right position. But I would want to be playing at a different position. And the result would be the same. I'm so concentrated on wanting to be somewhere else that I can't excel at where I'm at right now. And so what messes this all up when it comes to being a good steward positionally is when you start wanting to be somewhere other than where you are right now. You look around and you see some of the positions that God has put other people in. You're like, God, I want to play that position. God, I, I want to be in, in his position. God, I want to be in her position. And what happens is, is if God doesn't place you there, then in our sinfulness and in our pride, sometimes we'll just walk over there and try and play it ourselves. And what happens? It's a train wreck. It's an absolute train wreck. You lose all sense of your purpose. You lose all sense of your calling. You lose all sense of your effectiveness and serving for the kingdom of God. Why? Because you have decided to take yourself out of the very position that God has placed you in to excel at. And that's where the stewardship part comes in. Where Paul's message to Timothy is God's message to us as well. Play your position. 
each and every one of us in here, God has uniquely placed in a certain position so that you can fulfill your purpose for his glory and reach the people around you. Play your position. Don't worry about where God has placed other people in and around your life because he's placed them there because they have a unique set of strengths and giftedness to fill that spot. So the place that you're in, guess what? You have a unique set of strengths and abilities and talents to fill that position. Play it. Play it. Because the reason why God put you there is because that he knows Nobody else can do it as good as you can right there. Be a good steward of the position that God has placed you in. And make the most of the purpose of your calling while he has you there. Be a good steward positionally. Timothy, preach the word. Do what you're called to do, Timothy. And don't worry about what everybody else's calling is. Be a good steward of the position that God has placed you in. Then the second area that God began to show me, other than being a good steward of the position that he's placed me in, was being a good steward personally. In verse 5, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So the second part of Paul's charge, the second part of Paul's challenge to Timothy takes a more personal tone. He says, as for you, as for you, Timothy, he doesn't say anybody else. He's not talking to anybody. He's not talking to, to, to Paul. He's not talking to Mark. He's not talking to John. He's not talking to any of the other people. He says, as for you, Timothy. He makes it personal. And Paul lays out four imperatives for Timothy to make sure that he stays on top of. He says, be sober-minded. Endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. If Timothy was going to effectively and efficiently live out his calling, he needed to make sure that he was a good steward of his personal life. Remember, a steward is someone who manages or looks after something that is not their own. So this makes perfect sense personally because God words. God's Word tells us that when you surrender your life to Jesus, that what? You are now not your own. You are not your own. You surrendered your life to Christ. And so in a personal kind of sense, God began to show me some areas in my life uh, that He wants me to focus on being a good steward. And, and I think it would be good for us to share in all those areas. And the first one that He began to show me was, I want you to be a better steward of your time. Anybody in here just waste a lot of time? I want you to be a better steward of your time. I found some interesting stats, and I want to share them with you guys. People spend, on average, two hours and 15 minutes a day on social media. I actually thought that was a little bit low. I would have thought that it would have been more. But two hours and 15 minutes a day, that's the average that people spend on social media. People spend, on average... Five hours a day watching TV. Five hours a day. That sounds crazy, right? We got any Netflix users in here? Doesn't sound so crazy anymore, does it? Five hours a day watching TV. But get this. People spend 
People spend 39 minutes a day in actual physical interaction with others. 39 minutes of face-to-face conversational interaction. I'm not talking about brushing by somebody and saying, hey, what's up? How's your day going? I'm talking about sitting down across the table from someone at a lunch or at a dinner 39 minutes a day. Guys, that's not a whole lot of time for us to be sharing Jesus with people. How much time do you waste throughout the course of each and every day, and how can you better steward it for the glory of God? The second one that he showed me was energy, because I feel like time and energy go hand in hand. The things that you spend your time on are also the things that you spend your energy in. And so God began to show me some things. Trey, what, what are you wasting energy on? Because I waste energy on a lot of useless things sometimes. And they may not seem useless in the moment, but when you really sit down and diagnose it, they're actually quite useless. And so I'd encourage you guys to do something that God had shown me in my life a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago now, uh, that I called an energy, a personal energy survey. And so you sit down and you draw out 100% and you see what percentage of your day you use doing other things other than spending time with God. So your quiet time takes up a certain amount of percentage. Your prayer time takes up a certain amount of your percentage. School takes up a certain amount of your percentage. Your job takes up a certain amount of your percentage. The amount of time and energy that you spend with your boyfriend or your girlfriend takes up a certain amount of your energy. And see how well the scales balance out versus the things that you spend energy on that are temporal versus the things that you spend energy on that are eternal. Be a good steward of your energy. The third one was giftedness. Be a good steward of your giftedness. Everybody in here that is a part of the body of Christ has been uniquely gifted to serve in that body. There is not a single person that God saves and puts into his service that he does not also gift. So you have a giftedness. Are you using it to glorify God? Are you a good steward of your gift or are you just sitting on it? Your giftedness does the kingdom no good whatsoever if you never bothered to put it into use or into practice. How are you stewarding the giftedness that God has given you, whatever it may be? And the last one was finances. Something that I thought me and my wife had a pretty good grasp on because we were faithful in our giving, but God began to show me being a good steward with your finances is not just about being faithful in your giving, it's also about being frugal in your spending. Frugal meaning unwasteful. Not spending money that doesn't need to be spent in places where it doesn't need to be spent. Be faithful with your finances. Guys, do you trust God with your money? Because he's commanded us in scripture to give a tithe. In the Old Testament, it was 10%. And a lot of people will argue, well, you know, that's Old Testament. I don't have to give 10% anymore. This is New Testament. I can give whatever I want. You're right. But my thing is, if you live under the grace of Jesus Christ, then 10% just sounds like a good place to start. And then anything you give other than that is considered to be your offering. Are you faithful with your finances? Do you trust God 
with your finances. I'm telling you guys, he can take care of it. Money ain't a thing for our God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It is the one place in Scripture where he says, test me in this. Test me in this. And see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing upon you, there will be no need for any more. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of like, all right, God, bad on that. Let's see it then. Do you trust God with your finances? And are you a good steward with how you spend your money as well? How much money do we spend on things that are temporal that could have been spent on things eternal to go and extend and expand this kingdom? Be a good steward with your finances. And Paul wraps up in verse 6, and just to get back to the text, to show you how he brings it all to a close, because I think it's just really cool the way God's word works. Paul knows he's getting close to the end of his life, and in verse 6 he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Now before I read verse 7, I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 to you, and it, and it just simply says this, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Now listen to what Paul says in verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let me rewind it for you again. I have been a good soldier. I have been a good servant. I have been a good steward. I want to be able to say those words just like Paul when I get to the end of my race. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Guys, God has given us so much to be good stewards over. Not only in the position that he's placed you in, but also with the personal life that he has given you through his son, Jesus Christ. How are we using it for his glory? Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We all have a responsibility to be a good steward of the position God has placed us in, as well as our giftedness, energy, time, and finances. We pray that you have been blessed by God's word and encouraged to live in full devotion to him.